Hello, friends, and welcome to our podcast, Our High Tops, His Steps. We're so glad you guys are here, and I'm Lily. I'm Audrey, so let's get into it. All right, so to be completely honest, we definitely thought about changing the name of our podcast at first because Lily could not, for the life of her, make the words <laughs> of the name come out in order. I just can't speak sometimes, okay? So you noticed that at the beginning of the podcast, Audrey was the one that said the words. <laughs> you, can, you can say them. Our high tops, his steps. Whoa! That was amazing. Exactly. Look That's the that. one. When we were practicing, she said, welcome to our podcast. His high tops are steps. And I said, Lily, do you really think God wears high tops? <laughs> okay. Maybe he does, though. You know? Um, we had a whole conversation the other day about how we were talking about whether he would wear chacos or not. And we decided that he would wear chacos. But other people were saying Nikes and more were saying Birkenstocks. So... I definitely could not see him in a pair of Jordans, but, you know, some people think that that's how it was. I still hold to the fact that if Jesus had Chacos made available to him, he would have worn them. I'm just saying. If you say so. All right. So we are already off topic as usual, but let's go ahead and get into what we have for this episode. Okay. So for this episode, Lily and I are going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, and then we're going to talk about the rest of the episodes and what they're going to be about. And finally, we are going to just explain what makes us who we are and why we're doing this and what drives our lives. So I guess I'll start with telling you about myself. I was born in Texas and I spent most of my childhood growing up in Mexico where my parents served as missionaries for the Baptist Missionary Association of America as church planters. And I will for sure have to share more about that later on this semester because, no joke, a big part of me is still in Mexico eating tacos (laughs) every day and all of the things. But for now, I'm in Conway, Arkansas here at Central Baptist College. Yes, big yay. And I do love it here, um, especially all the roundabouts because I can go around them really fast. Just don't tell my mom. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, my family does still live in Texas. My dad's a pastor, and my mom is the best teacher ever. And I have a sister. Her name is Maddie, and she's awesome. She's writing a book, so someday you guys are going to have to read it. And then my brother Abram, he's great too. Um, He loves to hunt and do all of the outside things. And I have a dog and a cat who's really mean Mm -hmm. and a turtle who I don't know how she's still alive because... (laughs) For like a month, we forgot to feed her, and she just kept living, and we're not really sure why. Nine but lives turtle. She has 18 lives at this point, but she's still alive. Um, and so that's a little bit about me and kind of my background. We'll go in deeper in another episode, For our sure. testimonies and our life stories. But basically, um, yeah, that's me. So growing up, I was about as far from Audrey as you could probably get. Literally. I mean, you could go to Maine, but I'm from Michigan, um, so I live, I, if you were here, I would hold up my hand and I would point to West Michigan on my hand, because Michigan does look like a mitten, in case you've never seen American geography. Um, but I live in Michigan, and I have grown up on a farm. Um, my dad is a farmer, and he's also an engineer um, at an airplane plant, and then my mom is a counselor at a Christian counseling place in the town right next to mine. Um, my parents have always loved the Lord and spent a lot of time um, just growing up, me and my siblings, teaching us about that. Um, so I have an older sister. 
She is 21, and she is probably in her room right now. Um, I like to tease her all the time about how I moved and I went to Arkansas for college, but she's still at home. Um, being very successful, might I add, but still at home. So I have to tease her about that. And then I have a younger brother who's 16, and everyone likes to comment on how he is 6'5". Maybe 6'6". Six, six. He would probably tell you 6'6". Six, six. Um, but, which is very interesting since I'm 5'3". So, yeah. The family picture situation can be a little hard sometimes. And then I have a younger brother who is 12. He's almost 13. His birthday is actually on Valentine's Day. Um, Fun little fact. And so he's probably going to be like somebody's perfect boyfriend someday. But for today, he's just an annoying 13-year-old boy. Said with love. But that's kind of me, my family. Um, I'll definitely want to tell you all how I got to CBC sometime and just the journey that God has brought me on. But I don't, like Audrey said, we're going to do testimonies sometime. So sometime. So for starters, if you go to CBC, you know that Lily and I are probably never wearing anything other than high tops. Like it's safe to say that it's an obsession and it was an obsession before we met each other. Like we both came here with an unnatural amount (laughs) of high tops. Like it just, it happened. And so the only other thing that Lily might wear are her Crocs from the seventh grade. <laughs> we don't know why she still owns oh, them. They get me from the dorm room to the calf quite sure. regularly. Sure. You know? I'm, sure. That's the only good reason to have them. I Literally promise. the only good reason. Please but, don't wear Crocs. Jesus would not have worn them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. Do not quote me on that. He might have. <laughs> oh I die. So to get back on track, we are both Christians and believers in Christ. And we want this podcast to simply be about us talking about God's love towards us and towards you. How we respond to that love and how we are all on a lifelong journey to discover more about who God is and how we live in response to who He is. And that encompasses a lot of things from us talking from experiences that we've had to breaking down different truths and passages of the Bible to controversial topics in the faith or just simple topics that happen in everyday life like edification or fellowship or community All of these things. And so while this might seem like a broad range of topics, they will all center back on the truths that are in the Bible. Like Audrey said, we are very concerned about what the Bible says. That's what we're about. Um, And I just want to take you guys kind of through the way that we came to the name of our podcast. Um, So Audrey and I were throwing ideas back and forth, very excited about starting this podcast. Lots of ideas. Lots of ideas. We sat there for a while and wrote, I had a big paper and I wrote them all out. Um, but kind of how I got to the, the second part, Audrey explained the first part, our unique high top wearingness. Um, but the second part with his steps, I read in a book um, a few years ago about how instead of looking at God, like God's plan, like an open door or a open window, like when he closes a door, opens a window kind of a different philosophy, and saying instead to stay hot on God's heels. Um, And by this, it just means to be so close to God that He's directing you and guiding your paths. Um, I think of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Um, So I want you guys to picture with me um, five-year-old Lily behind her dad. My dad's like six foot. So little Lily. Um following behind her dad in the snow. 
I know that's hard for Audrey to imagine over there, but there's ice or some, I don't know. Slush. Slush. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like deep snow, like deep powder snow. And I am so close behind my dad that I can't see what's in front of me. I can't see anything in front of me. All I can see is my dad in the very next step that I have to take where his footprint just was. Um, so I just have to take that next step and behold, in this case, God, keep looking towards God, gazing upon him with every step that I take. And that's all the information I need because God is the one that is guiding me through that. Like he's the one that can see beyond the next step and he can be trusted with that. Um, also, there's a verse in Exodus 13, 21 through 22. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Um, so this is when the Israelites were going through the wilderness, and they and we're in the wilderness for 40 years, following God around, like literally. He had this pillar of cloud that would raise up out of the tabernacle and they would follow it to the next tent spot and they would make their camp there. So they followed so close behind God. And I think that's the same way that we should be in our lives today. Following so close behind God that we can't see what's ahead, but we can trust the one who knows what's ahead. So that's kind of the secret behind our high tops, his steps, got the words out. Um, but the thing is, is that um, we can't just go into this podcast without telling you about the foundation of what we believe. So we really want to set the stage for every single other thing we're going to talk about in the episodes to come. So we're going to be doing a lot of discipleship kind of talking, things that will help a believer to grow in their faith. But before we can grow in our faith, we have to know what we believe and we have to have a faith. So we're going to kind of tell you guys what we believe and what we hold so strongly to and what makes us who we are. So I'm going to hand it over to Audrey and she'll yeah. expound. Yeah. So I am going to start from the very beginning because I'm sure a lot of you know this story probably by heart, but maybe you've never heard it before. So Lily and I both believe in the Bible, and the Bible, quite simply, is God's Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. But we're just going to focus on the first part of that verse that says that all scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed means inspired by God, literally breathed out by God. Tim this, Brewer. <laughs> yes, Tim, yes, Dr. Tim Brewer. We hear that like every day in class. We do. Yes, because Love it's it. true. And the reality yeah. is that every word in the Bible is true. It's accurate. It is infallible. It is trustworthy. It's timeless. It's all these incredible things in one book called the Bible that the Lord has given us as a guidebook for our lives and just a story and a testament of who he is and what he's done for us. And so the Bible opens up with this story of God who's in three persons. So it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they decide to create this universe, this world, um, which is the world that we're living in. And when they create this world, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. He made it in seven days, and 
it's just perfection. I mean, the sun is shining all the time. Which- Yay! I love the sun! <laughs> Lily never sees the sun in Michigan, so she loves the sun. Every time we go outside, I'm like, the sun is shining! And Audrey's like, uh-huh, it does that all the time. And I'm like, no, it's shining! It does. It definitely does that all the time. And it especially did that in the very few beginning pages of the Bible. And so... Then God made two people, Adam and Eve, and they were perfect. The Bible says that they literally walked with God. They had community with God. They could speak to God the way that Lily and I speak to each other on earth. Like the intimacy with God was so close and that is so hard for us to imagine, but it was just so beautiful and everything was perfect and there was peace and it was literally just perfect. And God told Adam and Eve, you can do anything you want in this garden. You can eat of any of the fruit of the trees. You can eat any of the vegetables. But there's this one tree, and I don't want you to eat the fruit off of it. And, well, you know, we might say, oh, yeah, that's super easy. Just don't eat the fruit. Well, after a little bit, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And in that moment of their sin, they were cut off from the intimacy that they had had with the Father. Because God can't be around sin, and he can't be near sin. And with that one choice to eat the fruit, Adam and Eve, and their kids, and their kids, and their kids, all the way down to you and I today, were cursed with an eternal separation from God. We can no longer be in communion with God because of our sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are cut off from God and from this close relationship that Adam and Eve once had with God. And, you know, you might say things like, well, what they did wasn't even that bad. Like, it's not a big deal. And I'm not a murderer or anything. And so, you know, my sin really isn't that bad. Well, so imagine that you're making a cake, right? You have all these ingredients and you have to put three eggs in the cake. So you're going to put two good eggs in and then you crack the last egg and it happens to be rotten. But would you still put it in with the cake batter and mix it up, bake the cake, and serve it at your birthday party? No, you wouldn't because that cake is bad. The bad ruined the good. And sin is just like that in our lives. No amount of good that we can ever do or will ever do is enough to bridge the gap between sinful man and holy God. None of the good things, in quote, good things that we ever do will be able to get us to heaven. We'll be able to restore a broken relationship. We're broken and we're sinners. Isaiah 64 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. This verse is saying that the very best things that we can do only amount to dirty rags, like literal dirty rags. We, we can't do it on our own. We can't do anything on our own that's going to restore our relationship with the Father. But before the foundations of the world, God knew that. And he knew that one day he was going to have to make a way. He didn't have to make a way. Let me take that back. He knew that he was going to because he's rich in mercy and in grace and in love for us. So he knew that he was going to make a way for us to be reconciled to the Father and for us to be able to have a right relationship with him again. And so I'm going to hand it off to Lily, and she's going to tell you a little bit about God's plan of redemption for us through his son. So Audrey started with Genesis, um, where it all begins. And I want to start with Genesis 2. Curious enough. Um, so 
in Genesis 3.15 is the first prophecy of this Savior coming. Um, and this, this Savior is the answer to everything that Audrey just said. This separation from God that we are, like, we, like, that's all we can get is that separation from God. There's no other way for us without this Savior. Um, and Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And so here it's talking about how this is the first prophecy of Jesus coming back. Um, Jesus coming, well, the first time. Jesus coming for the first time, excuse me. Um, so Jesus is going to be born as a man, which is crazy, like absolutely insane. Think of the most famous person you know, like the person who deserves like the most glory that you can think of and think of them coming and they're going to go be a garbage man. Now that's going to be who they are, what they do for the rest of their life. And how they're known. What'd you say? How they're known. Yes, exactly. Like that's how they're known. And that's what they do. And they don't have any of that glory that came with being famous or rich anymore. This Jesus coming down to earth is that on like a totally magnified scale. Jesus was king of the world. He had all the power, all the angels at his disposal that he gave up so that he could come down and be a man. A lowly man who has no power over this earth, over death, over anything. So he was born as a baby, which is even more dramatic. Because as a baby, you are dependent on another human for everything. So God, king of the world, God of the universe, was dependent on a human for everything. Um, for the first like however, five years of his life. Um, so... He was so dependent and he was born into this world and that fulfilled so many prophecies in the Old Testament besides the one that I just read to you. Um, And it was an answer to what the Israelites had been waiting for. Um, But it wasn't the answer they were looking for. So Jesus grew up and when he was around 30, 30 years old, he started his ministry. And he started calling his disciples, doing different miracles just loving people and showing humanity who God is in literal form. Like he's right there doing the things God would do um, because he is God. But he showed humanity who he was through that. And so he proved he was God and he also proved those Old Testament prophecies. But the Israelites weren't looking for a king the way that Jesus was a king. Jesus was a king of the spiritual realm. He hasn't yet come back to be a king of the physical realm. Um, And that was really disappointing to those Jewish Pharisees and leaders. And they had created this law that was based on God's law originally, but they had expounded on it and made it bigger and placed fences around it so that it was even more stringent than what God had for his people. And that was the way that they were going to get to heaven. They were supposedly, supposedly, (laughs) right. Not actually. Um, They were going to follow all of those laws and sacrifice the animals and do all the things that the law called for. Um, But the thing about that is exactly what Audrey said. 
we can't do it. We can't become righteous enough to bring ourselves to God. Um, James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Like, you sin in one way, one sinful thought, and you are separated from God. Um, Which is why Jesus was so important. So Jesus' really important thing is he lived a perfect life. He did not sin once. He That verse, that James 10.2 verse, doesn't apply with him because he didn't stumble at any point. He kept the whole law. He fulfilled the law. All the things that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law um, were trying to uphold that were actually biblical, he held to. Um, and because of that, that made him the perfect sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So... Jesus, not only did he come down as a humble baby to live on this earth with us and show his love and show who God is, he died on the cross for us to bring us back to the Father. So we, like Audrey said, all we have at the most is filthy rags because our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Can you imagine what our unrighteous rags are? So All we have is filthy rags. We have nothing of value to bring to the Father, and actually we're an offense to him. All of our sin is an offense to him. But Jesus, when he died, he took the sin upon himself. So it wasn't just, because there were a lot of Roman crucifixions. There wasn't just, oh, Jesus was like the crucifixion. There were a lot of people that were crucified. Um, But Jesus was so much more painful and monumental Because he took on my sin, Audrey's sin, all of everyone's sin on himself in that moment. And he experienced the separation from God and hell that everyone was supposed to experience. Um, It says that that, um, Jesus says that it is finished. um, That he took all of our sin and paid all of that debt. He paid all of that debt. So now... After Jesus dies, we have a clean slate. We don't have any of that sin anymore because Jesus paid for it. And really important here, he was perfect, like I said. So that made him a sufficient sacrifice. Because he was God, because he was perfect, he was able to die for us. And that was sufficient to cover our sins. So Audrey couldn't just say, oh, let me take Lily's sin on myself and I'll die for her. Because she's not perfect. She doesn't, isn't able to boast in her righteousness. Um, she couldn't even pay for her own sin, much less mine. So the only reason that Jesus can pay for mine and your sin is because he's perfect and because he's God. So he took on all of our sin. We have this clean slate now, but we can't draw close to the Father with a clean slate. Um, we have to be righteous, but we have no right. Like we, even with this clean slate, we have no power over sin. Um, We have no power to do anything good. Um, So right now, Jesus, in our store, Jesus is dead. And we don't want to leave him that way. So I'm going to hand it back to Audrey. And she's going to tell you about the next very exciting part of this story. Yes, I am. And the reason that this next part is so exciting and so relevant is because it means nothing to us if the person who died in our place stayed dead. It's irrelevant. We wouldn't be talking about it. No, we wouldn't be talking about it. Because if he had stayed dead, then nothing is defeated. If Jesus had stayed dead, then our sin is still in us. Nothing has been defeated. Hell hasn't been defeated. The grave hasn't been defeated. 
but Jesus didn't stay dead. Um, the Bible says that Jesus was placed in a tomb, and three days later, some women came to put uh, smelly goods. Uh, perfume. Perfume, that's the word. <laughs> perfume. Smelly goods. Yeah, you know, it's fine. They great. came to put perfume on the tomb because dead bodies smell bad. And Jesus and it had been was like three actually days. dead. It had been three yeah. days. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors that circulate that, like, Jesus wasn't actually dead. No, there is historical proof. Jesus actually died. If the you Bible, put a crucified body in a tomb for three days, that does it. He's going to die. Um, but uh, if you do have questions about that, I want to recommend that you read Case for Christ. Because this was an, he was an atheist who wanted to disprove that Jesus actually died. And he got saved. Yes. Because when people are searching for truth, they will find truth. Um, if it's in the Bible. But the women were coming, back to our story, the women were coming to bring perfumes to put on the tomb, and they got there, and this huge rock that was covering the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away, and the guards were gone, and Jesus was not in the tomb, and instead there was an angel sitting on the rock. And the angel said to the women, why are you searching for the living among the dead? Whoa. And these women were blown away because they had just seen the man who had lived the most sinless life, die on the cross, dead. And they're coming back, and this angel is saying that he's alive. And they're blown away, and so they take off running, and one of the women actually runs into Jesus in the garden, in the flesh. Jesus is a body. Has a body. His actual body came back to life. And it's just incredible, guys. It's mind-blowing, because when Jesus rose from the grave, he defeated our sin. On the cross, this moment where he took on the sin of everyone that they have committed and that they will commit. Put it on himself. And then he died. And he rose again. He rose again, bringing life and restoration mm -hmm. and resurrection to those who believe in him. And so for the next 40 days that he was living on earth, he was telling people about this. And he was telling his disciples and telling them to go tell other people and encouraging them and proving that he had risen from the grave. There was this one disciple, Thomas, that I feel like I resonate with because he had a lot of doubt and sometimes I get anxious and I have doubt and Thomas he had just seen his mentor his best friend the Lord on earth die on the cross and it was so weighty that he did not believe at first that Jesus had come back from the dead and he said unless I put my hands in his side where he was stabbed and in the nail marks on his wrists where he was hung on the cross, then I will not believe. And Jesus came to him and Jesus said, Thomas, here, put your hands in my side. See that it's me. And Thomas believed. And so for the next 40 days of his life, Jesus was here on earth ministering and pouring into people. And then he ascended to the Father. He went to heaven. He didn't die again. He just rose from the ground to heaven. And... He sent the Holy Spirit to inhabit believers, and it's just incredible. Which is the coolest thing. It's just like, so cool. We get, like, so in the Old Testament, they use this picture of the temple, and um, that is where God dwells, is in the temple. Or the tabernacle, like the Exodus verse that I was talking about earlier, the pillar of cloud would go down over the tabernacle, and then they moved on to the temple when they came into the kingdom of Israel. Um, but now the the Bible says that we are 
the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he dwells in us. Yes, very good. And Lily, if you want to talk about um, Romans there. Yeah, for sure. So um, we don't want to just tell you all of this as information and not tell you what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not explain to you the next steps if you, um, if you truly believe this, because this can change your life. And Audrey and I both really believe that um, you have to do something with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Either um, he isn't who he says he is, or he is. And mm-hmm. those two options have eternal consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in heaven, and I believe in hell. I believe in both of them. And um, if you're going to go to heaven, then you have to ask him into your heart. Um, you have to ask him to come into your life and change you. And have a relationship with him. And Romans 10, 9 through 10 gives you very clear instructions on how you can do that. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So that that's how it works. It's not complicated. Um, you come to God and you say, hey, I want you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sin. I know that Jesus died to take that sin on himself and take it off of me, and I want to live in that new life that you have for me. I want to be raised with Christ. Um, so pray that prayer. Ask him into your life. Um, there are people in your life who care about you, and I'm sure that God has placed someone in your life who knows God. So if you're listening to this podcast, whether that that person is Audrey and I. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, then talk to Audrey and I. Talk to somebody in your church and ask them about who Jesus is. And it's okay if you don't have it all figured out right now. We don't have it all figured we out. Don't Trust us. It um, it's okay if you have questions or you don't understand or you're not ready yet. Um, go ask those questions. Keep seeking him. He's not scared of your doubts. Like Audrey talked about Thomas. He answers our doubts. He has all of the answers that we need for this life. And what's super cool is when you do what Lily said, when you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, when you do those things, that separation that we were talking about way back in Genesis, way back in the beginning of this story, when you believe that separation between you and the Father is no longer a separation. Mm -hmm. It is restored through Jesus Christ and his perfect death on the cross, the separation because of your sin and because of my sin is now restored. And we can be with the Father eternally. We are no longer separated from him. We are no longer under condemnation because the blood of Christ has covered us and covered our trespasses. When I was younger, I used to think that heaven was so wonderful because I got to be with my friends and my family and I got this cool house and the streets were going to be gold and all of these things about heaven. And as I've grown in my faith, I've realized that the most precious thing about being in heaven is being with God, being with our Savior and being able to walk every day with him and look at him and understand more fully who he is. And as I've understood that, I've also understood that the worst thing about hell is not being alone or the fire or all the other things that we hear about it. It's being without God. That's the worst place that you can be is without 
the most wonderful person in the universe. Like, that's the most... And beyond the universe. Yeah, like, everywhere. I didn't know how to <laughs> make it bigger than that. Um, <laughs> um, but that's the worst place you can be is separated from him. Um, so, please, uh, if this is something that God has laid on your heart, we're praying for you. We want you to come to him. But there's one last thing that I want to talk about shortly before we move on. Um, there's a verse, Romans 6, 4. It says, We were buried, therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So, when you get saved, when you put your faith and trust in God, you have a new life. It's You don't have to walk anymore in that sinful life. You don't have to keep looking back on that. You can walk forward in a new life. And like we mentioned before, the Holy Spirit lives in you, He's changing you every day, making you more and more like Jesus Christ. He's molding you into God's image. And so um, let that be an encouragement to you that you don't have to do it alone, but it is a change. It's not going to look the same way it did before. That's not something you have to do. It's something the Holy Spirit does in you, but it does happen. Um, and that's why we're here. That's why we want to do this podcast is not that we have all the answers or we know everything, but as we learn and as the Holy Spirit molds us, we want to be a help to believers and encourage them as, and disciple them as we go. Um, we want to walk with you closer to the Lord. Um, we want to walk with each other closer to the Lord. And especially like this podcast, we literally have the best news ever in us. So why would we not tell you? We love you. Why would we not tell you about this? Because we had no right to hear it. We didn't do anything to deserve to hear it. So why would we not tell you? Amen. Yeah. So this is out of love for you. Um, Not just because we think we're know-it-alls, because we're not. We're not. We're clearly not. So, um, but that wraps up what we have for today. Um, Yay. So that was our first podcast, Audrey. Ah, we did it. I hope it. you guys liked it. Yeah, I'm sorry if the. I hope that the Holy Spirit uses the words that we said because Correct. they were sometimes out of order. It's fine. Um, but I just want to thank Tower Media for having us and just for hosting us. It's so exciting to be a part of what CBC has going here, um, what God's doing through them. And I also want to remind you to go follow the CBC Tower on Instagram. That's what you can put in is the CBC Tower. And then also follow our podcast on Instagram. Um, it's our high, no, yep, our <laughs> high tops underscore his steps. Yay! Yes, that's the one. It's super cool. I think we're going to do some fun stuff on there. We're trying to figure it out, but yeah, I think it'll be we're good. We're getting there. We're definitely going to post within probably the next 24 hours. Yeah, so just so that you guys know that this tuned. is coming before it comes. Yes. So, and go listen to our next episodes. They're going to be so good. Woo! Um, so, thank you so much for listening today we appreciate all of you and we miss you probably if you're not with us right now exactly if you're in texas or michigan we We really miss you so much (laughs) yeah all right we love you guys so much hope you have a great week adios adios